Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of Marcus and Eric Learn Stuff from Smarter People. I'm Eric Newman. I'm Marcus Monroe. And today, who do we have, Marcus? Oh, my favorite, Chris Kirkpatrick. You know him from NSYNC. You know him from Sure Shot. You know him from Nigel's Eleven. You know him from just being uh, an after-party member now. And maybe, maybe a couple people... We'll know him from our podcast. And hopefully another couple. Of, yeah, hopefully we'll turn some of uh, uh, listeners on to NSYNC. <laughs> I'm just confused that you guys said learn stuff from smarter people and then introduced me. We set the bar very low. Listen, like we know nothing about being a, a pop star. So we have plenty of questions for you. Of course, you can dip whenever you need to. Uh, we don't want to keep you too long. So let, let, let's get right into it. Um, a member of NSYNC, the founder of NSYNC. If there was no Chris Kirkpatrick, there'd be no NSYNC. And if there'd be no NSYNC, there'd be no civilization. There'd be nothing for me to get stoked about. Uh, Chris, can you, can you give us a little history lesson about how NSYNC started? Yeah, so uh, years and years ago, I, uh, I was in, uh, always did like choir and stuff. I met this kid, Charlie, and I had these quartets. And he said, hey, I got this guy I want you to meet, Lou Perlman. He wants to put together a band. And, um, you know, I think your quartet would be great for it. So I went in, met Lou, uh, the quartet. We loved the quartet. And then over the course of years, guys would drop out and I'd get new members. And then finally, we ended up with me, Justin and JC. Then uh, a few months later, we got Joey in. And then a few years later, we got Lance in and the rest is history. Do you ever look on YouTube and like find those rare in sync moments? Like I, I was watching one the other day of, of you guys performing at Lance's high school. You never go down the rabbit hole and look at that. It's just me. Oh my God. No, I don't actually. No, I lived it. So it's like, you know, and, and I'm, I'm horrible at watching myself or the band do things. Like every time we'd film a video, we'd do a show, we'd have tapes. I'm like, hey, let's watch it. I'm like, no, nah, I'm good. It's like one off. Like, I don't want to see how horrible I was. Wait, Chris, I have a quick question. Are you flattered or alarmed by how much Marcus knows about your lives and band? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. I'm I'm alarmingly flattered. That's that's that that is fair. I am wearing an InSync shirt today, but I, to be honest, even if we weren't interviewing you today, I'd probably still be wearing an InSync shirt. Well, it's, it's weird because I actually have, I haven't had security in years, and now I had to <laughs> hire security again. Yes, yes exactly. <laughs> All right, let, let's see if you could if you could rate your top InSync songs that you enjoyed performing live. Could you do that? The top mm-hmm. five. Mm-hmm. I always loved Space Cowboy because when we did that, we had these big mechanical bulls that would come out. And do you still have the bull? No, I actually donated it to the Hard Rock. Oh, nice! Oh. I had it. I had it in my garage up until I moved from Orlando to Nashville, and then I, I'm like, I'm not going to bring a mechanical bull to Nashville and keep it in my garage. So yeah, it's it's donated to Hard Rock. Um, I like this. We had a song called "Up Against the Wall." And it was fun to do because we had these like trampolines and Velcro suits and a big Velcro wall that we'd jump up against. And, and then, of course, Bye Bye Bye, because that meant the show was over and I was usually exhausted. <laughs> uh, I was like, did you guys always close with Bye Bye Bye? Uh, we did. We did since it came out. Yeah, pretty much. Is there any song that you could never imagine performing again? You're just so emotionally over it. Yes. 
There, there's a few of them. One of them was called Riddle and one was called Here We Go. And Here We Go was actually a hit in Europe. But it's absolutely, it's act, it's in, um, what's the Undercover Brother? If you've ever seen Undercover Brother. The, yeah. There's a scene where he wants to go completely white boy. So he puts on like this, I think there was this, cause I don't know, hit headphones or a VR thing or something. And it had our song, Here We Go. So I was, I was so flattered and at the same time disturbed. That's amazing. But none of the like really popular ones, like you still have a lot of. No, no, I love those. Those ones are, you know, you can, we can never do those too many times. They were, they were, they were a lot of fun, except um, I did, I did have a, uh, concern the other day I was playing my son all the instinct stuff and he's you know he's only f- just turned four so he's trying to put two and two together that his dad was in a band and I was planning him playing him all the songs and he was like yeah that's a jam that's a jam and I got to uh, I drive myself crazy and it started out and he's like no dad not that one not the one with the girl singing oh my see I took voice lessons just to learn how to sing that song really and I, I can't sing yeah, it all. By the way, they didn't help. You'd it never be help. able to know. You'd never be able <laughs> to know. In high school, I had the sheet music, took voice lessons to try. I was, you know, and it didn't work. Yeah, that's all right. It, I think your career panned out okay. We're, we're doing good. We're, do, we're talking to you, so it can't be, it's not going that bad. Okay, so you have two other songs, two right. other top five songs. Okay, um, to perform, let's see. Uh, Digital Get Down was fun because we had a, when we did it on the big tour, we had a scene where we fought like the dancers and we paid this guy Mobius eight. He's a great guy, but we paid him a ton of money because he did this certain thing where he would play kind of music with, with his hands on lasers. Awesome. But it didn't translate into the show. So we had to kind of fake it. So basically we could have hired an actor for like, you know, a hundred bucks a show to do what we were paying some guy like, thousands and thousands of dollars to do but he was a great guy his name was john i remember that i remember that that was in the pop uh, pop odyssey tour the mobius eight stuff um and then uh did you like doing gone because you guys were just sitting on the stairs and, and justin just sings lead in that right the thing about those ones though is the fact that when we're out there on stage like we hit it like we like to you know, I, when we were sitting down, I just felt like there were lulls in the show, you know, and it just felt like, oh, this is kind of dull, you know, or this is like not really, you know, not to the hype that we like our shows to be. So when we were doing the slow ones, it was just to take a breath before, you know, doing another up tempo. Yeah. Gone's such a deep song. It's just really it, it's a great. It's song. a great song. It's a great song. Justin wrote it and, you know, it was like when he first played it for me, I was, you know, floored. And I was like, dude, this is a smash. And, you know, the producers made it sound great. And so I like it, just not in the show. I pro- Maybe I'd say um, probably It's Going to Be Me is, was fun to do as well. Oh, that's a great, that's a great performance. Well, that's the thing, right? Marcus, you asked top five to perform, sure. which is probably a completely different list than top five, right? Yeah. Because it's just what feels good on stage versus what you like means the most to you or whatever pop like we because we started off the big show when we were doing stadiums we started it off with pop and i will tell you we did this like trick where we were hiding in this pyramid and i don't know if i'm allowed to say how we did it it was like 
You can say. Oh, you, no, they said you were allowed to say it. They said legally you have to. It was. So anyways, but the pyramid opens. We're not in there. It closes and it opens back up and we're in there. And that was the first the kids saw us when we were doing these shows. And when that pyramid would open during, you know, the beginning of pop and those kids, the energy, man, I, I to this day haven't done anything that replaces like the it just it, it's this sounds crazy but it just felt like power like it just felt like you know 80,000 people were all together like and we were all like us and them were just generating this power and it was like really really cool and like again I I've, I've never been able to you know duplicate it or have that feeling again and, and it's different you know obviously getting married and having kids but this was like a power thing like this was like a you know, a, a unity with 80,000 people where you felt like one massive, you know, transformer or something. It was pretty cool. Did you ever think while you're doing that stadium tour, how you were going to top that? Uh, no, I don't. I mean, I, I think all we would ever think was, you know, we have to do the best show we can do now. And then next tour, we'll sit down and and we always tried to write our tours and do all the production around it so that every kid that went to the show felt like if they weren't there, the show wouldn't have been as great as it was. You know, we tried to get every single person involved and make them feel special. So, you know, I, I think it was just more of a matter of trying to make it each show work. Absolutely. I remember very vividly when Girlfriend came out. And then That's I remember jam. when the Nelly version came out, which was like, it was two separate, like big moments that were like kind of in tandem. What it was, I just remember it being such a phenomenon. Yeah, it was. And, and, and he was awesome. Like, you know, doing that on there when, when we first heard it, you know, Justin and I were jumping around the studio, like, you know, he's crushing this right now. And, you know, he's, he, he really added that other dimension to that song, which was amazing. Were there any songs in that era that either like the Backstreet Boys had, or maybe it was O-Town that you wish your group had? Uh, there were a lot of Backstreet songs that I really liked. They, you know, even lar like Larger Than Life. Uh, I, I joke around with uh, Nick and AJ all the time that, you know, I wish we could have done like Backstreet's Back, but it would have been really awkward for us to sing. <laughs> <laughs> but, true. Yeah, they had a lot of really cool ones. You know, I thought I really liked their up-tempo ones. What was your relationship like at that time? Like professionally and... With you know, girls or with... With Backstreet Boys. You get, yeah, let's talk about that. <laughs> Backstreet, I mean, I've known Howie since we were in school together. Like him and I have known each other from way back. And Nick and I have always had a great relationship. Um, was always cool with Kevin and Brian. But back then, I wanted to kick the crap out of AJ. But now we're like best friends. So we're good. Oh, interesting. It was over a girl. So if you're talking that relationship. Oh, it was? Yeah, it was over a stupid girl. Oh, man. Where's she now? Um... Well, I think she's like the fitness guru. That's great. Oh, we got to get AJ on and, and hear his side of the story <laughs> regarding this girl. Sure. AJ, AJ's a cool kid too. You know, it's like um, him and I have been doing this ATCK thing together and it's it's been a lot of fun. And, you know, we've I've really come to appreciate that kid and, and you know, enjoy his company. So I'm, I'm sure we could get you could get him on here. Oh, that'd be amazing. That'd be awesome. How, how did, like you said, you just recently got married and have your kids four? Uh, well, if recent, you mean like eight or nine years ago, recent. Oh, okay. But right. <laughs> it, my kid just turned four in October. So I'm dad mode now. 
you ever think about like in 10 to 15 years, Na- your son Nash, Lance's kids, uh, Justin, Ki- you like all form a band together? No. No. <laughs> no way. 1000%. No, no, it's, it, uh, it's, it's this weird thing to where, you know, I just, I just like to watch him grow and it's, it's always entertaining that he's into like, you know, the science that he's into, he's into baseball, he's into soccer, he's into singing, he's into dancing, performing. And, and, you know, it, it, it's really where we just encourage him to learn and enjoy everything. And eventually when he gets older and, and picks something out and goes, you know what, this is what I want to stick with. You know, we get behind him in that and, and we'll support him no matter what he does. So, you know, it's, I, 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 I don't, and I don't really even push him into music, although he does love to sing. And I even have this little carpool karaoke microphone that I play all his songs and he sings through the radio and just jams out. And I see the little vein right here in his neck, like slaughtering songs. But so it, it's, it's cute to see him do it, but you know, it, we just want him to, to be a kid. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Is there anything that if NSYNC fans knew that would totally blow their mind, something they don't know, something uh, growing up they probably thought. I, I don't know, I'm just trying to think of, you guys are wholesome guys, you have a really clean-cut image, or anything that would surprise the fans to know now? I think uh, after 20-some years of doing this, that they kind of know everything. You know, there's there's nothing really they, that hasn't come out or they haven't known about. Now, I, I also know that if social media were a thing back then, we probably would lose, we would have lost a lot of fans or had a lot of, <laughs> but we thought we were funny, but apparently you're not allowed to be funny anymore. That's what's so cool about the time period, the specific time period that you guys hit, hit it, you know, huge success is that it just predated, you know, social media. Yeah. And so, and so you had just a natural build, you know, an explosion sort of word of mouth. I mean, we website you know that was like the thing where everybody's like oh we got to build up our website you get a website and i'm like man we got a website we're going play amazing <laughs> yeah. yeah so after nsync disbanded you had some other projects you got into a rock band nigel's 11 are you guys still active and doing stuff we're all still friends we haven't really written or done things i mean that was kind of a difficult project because we had you know two of us at the time lived in orlando one guy lived in san diego and one guy lived in toronto and it was like, you know, we played a, a bunch of shows and it was just unless we were touring, we really didn't have time to all sit down and, you know, really work on stuff. So that was kind of disappointing because, I, you know, those guys are awesome, awesome guys, amazing musicians. And it was it was fun to work with them. But, um, yeah, so not I mean, not really. We haven't really done anything since other than, you know, I I saw them on my birthday and that's about it. That's good stuff. That's good stuff. Do you do you guys do you still keep in touch with the members of NSYNC often? Do you guys have like a group chat or anything? Yeah, we have we have a group chat and I was just in LA last week and got to meet Lance's babies and I did I've done a bunch of stuff with Joey over the course of the last couple of weeks and I I had dinner with JC and Justin actually just texted me and and said he was going to be in Nashville and I'm like of course you are I'm in Ohio. So, you know, we all, all kind of keep in touch and and try to see each other as much as we can. And what would it take to get the five of you back together? What would it take, Chris? How much would Marcus have to pay you? Uh, probably like another moon. Uh, <laughs> There's two moons now, though. There is another moon. Well, I don't. We, so they're doing it. We don't see it. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Uh, like 
Michael Jackson would have to do a reunion tour. So you're saying it's we're, we'll have more luck getting like a hologram in sync tour than an actual. Pretty much. Sorry. Not my doing. Well, that's really disappointing, Chris. No, I hear you. I hear you. I hear you. We talked about it. I don't. I'm very upset. about it, but we talked about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, so what, what are you keeping busy with now? Man, just, you know, doing these shows with the after party, the ATCK stuff. Uh, I host a lot of shows. And, you know, of course, my favorite thing, which is being a dad and enjoying every moment I have with my kid. Cause you know, there's nothing like looking at somebody who looks at you. Like not only do you have all the answers, but you are his hero regardless. And, you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's like with puppies, they don't know any different. They just look at you like you're a God or something. And you're like, man, I'm really far from that dude. If you only knew some secrets, but yeah, <laughs> dad, just being a dad's been amazing. Yeah. I mean, and then he's going to get older and really appreciate what you did i mean in music and like he's gonna really understand that and process that and that's a whole other i don't know. i don't know if he will like i because you know i think he's smart now and he's just kind of like yeah this is what everybody goes through you know um we have a lot of friends that are like on local news and stuff in in nashville and and you know he'll see joey or you know meet like shaquille o'neal or all these people and then he sees him on tv and he's like oh there's my friend again like everybody's thinks every time he goes to like a Predators game or a Titans game that he's going to get on the Jumbotron. So he always is like, yeah, well, when, when am I getting on the screen? And so his his concept of what, you know, uh, fame or whatever is, is kind of askew already. So I think it's just going to get worse. <laughs> that is awesome. Uh, Chris, I want to thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Hope to see you next time you're in New York City or next time we're in Nashville. We'll definitely have to get together, have a drink or two. Yeah, Chris, it was a it was a pleasure, man. Thank you. Thanks so much for coming on. I loved I loved hearing about the journey and uh it's just awesome to meet you. And you definitely when you're in New York, come to the comedy cellar. We'll all get drinks and uh hang out. That'd be awesome. Thank you uh for your uh for your time today. Say hi to Carly and uh happy Thanksgiving, man. We'll do. Happy Thanksgiving, guys. That was our talk with Chris Kirkpatrick from InSync, the founder of InSync. Listen, anyone who knows me knows I'm losing my shit over here, Eric. To be able to talk to one of my favorite, uh, one of my one of my favorite members from one of my favorite bands of all time, on a podcast that we host, and who, whose face you have tattooed on your arm. Sure, yeah, I yeah. do have his face tattooed on my arm. It's an amazing what a what a day. What you an know, amazing day. You know, I know Thanksgiving is coming up, but it's really Christmas. It really is Christmas. Well, Hanukkah. It's eight nights. All eight nights of Hanukkah. Yeah, for me. it was just combined yeah. into one yeah. twenty-minute conversation. By the way, that's why I, that's the only reason I didn't get a pot, uh, uh, his face on my arm is because Jews aren't allowed to get tattoos. Otherwise, I definitely would have joined you. Yeah, in I that. know you would have. I know I you know. would have, man. Thanks. Anyway, uh, what did you learn? Well, listen, I learned. Okay, Chris Kirkpatrick just seems like an all-around great dude, right? Like he's Amazing. he's had the money, he's had the fame, he's had the fortune, right? But now he's just more focused on being a dad. I'm like, that's priorities, dude. Like he's had it all. He talked about the roar of the crowd in front of eighty thousand people a- imagine selling eighty thousand tickets it's amazing more than i once. actually i sold 80 in boston this saturday that's that great job back uh, making it all about you oh, great job <laughs> eric what did you learn uh, i learned that i get jealous of anybody who's uh more famous than me yeah exactly yeah. exactly chris great guy thank you for doing our podcast thanks uh, chris we know you're we, we know you're listening to this right now baby so thank you so much uh we'll see you next time on marcus and eric learn stuff from smarter people connect 
buddy. You want some action on the big game? Maybe hit a parlay or two? Then listen to me, comedian Alex Pavone, and the hilarious Steve Sylvester, and my podcast, On Paper House Network. It's a fun look at the world of sports gambling. I'll bet the house, you'll love it. Buddy, what's the bet? With Alex Pavone, only on Paper House Network.